Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, a deep dive on the Lions. Who are the players to pay attention to, both on offense and defense? Also, we examine the Cardinals' run game. The numbers say it's one of the five best in the league, but what do our eyes say? And this week may be the week for Kenyon Drake and or Chase Edmonds to really break out. But first, giving credit where credit is due. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 318, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So let the record show that it was Mike Jarecki who first brought it up, and now for the first time since I know of, MJ, maybe you can correct me, we have an NFL head coach agreeing with your comp of Kyler Murray as a punt returner, and specifically Devin Hester. Why don't you explain to the Bird Gang what the Lions head coach, Matt Patricia, told local media earlier today? Well, you know, the Every week, the opposing coach will do a media call. And, you know, obviously, since the Cardinals did play the uh, Cardinals in week one, they wanted to ask, you know, Matt Patricia, what has he seen compared to week one? And he was just gloating with him about him and just how he's made so much progress. And the exact quote was, he's explosive speed is really, it's quite an exceptional. It's really along the lines of a punt returner. (laughs) you brought this up yesterday and i think you brought it up the week prior as well using that comp because not so much michael vick not so much russell wilson but it's when murray gets in open space which we saw against washington it's like a video game Uh, you're you're using him like a joystick like you would move him left and right back and forth up and down And I've seen on azcardinals.com, they've got the kind of the best of Kyler Murray from that game in Washington, and it's labeled as cheat code. And right now, I don't know how else to explain it, but he is playing as if the game right now is a video game to him. Yeah, and and we know that when we mentioned dual quarterbacks, but Kyler Murray still has a strong arm. We're just talking like we haven't seen this in a long time. I guess Lamar Jackson would be the, the comp there because, you know, what he, how he won the MVP and what he was able to accomplish. I mean, he couldn't be stopped. So when I look at Murray, when he, when he gets running, you know, initially, does it look like a running back? Does it look like a receiver? Eh. I mean, Warwick Dunn didn't have that kind of speed, you know. So then I start going, okay, well, if you're going to open it up, okay, who does he remind you of? And, and it looks like Devin Hester. He, it's all he needs. is, And we're talking about the one of the best returners in NFL history. So that that's where I started to go with that because you always want to comp in coming out, Mike Vick, just because of the speed, um, the dual threat. They both can run four threes, obviously, when Mike was in his prime. But I think Kyle is more accurate on the deep ball. 
Russell Wilson, he's a little bit uh, different, but you can see what the way Wilson played in his first two years, very similar to Kyler, but he, Russell Wilson doesn't have the speed. So once he gets out the pocket, he kind of reminds me of a returner, you know, where once he, once he gets on the Jets, and, and, you know, I asked Larry what it's like to watch him, and I didn't use the word silly, but he's making grown men silly. And Larry called him the most dynamic player in the league. This yeah. is this is a Hall of Famer recognize a young player. And Larry would give compliments if you were playing an opponent like this, even though he doesn't have to worry about stopping somebody else's offense. But, yeah, and, again, this team is going to have to run the ball and rely on the passing game. Or not rely on it, but that sets up the passing game. But it's just unheard of what he's doing. And Fitz did remind everyone then in that first meeting against the Lions, Murray did throw for over 300 yards, and he does have an accurate arm. So it's not like he can't throw the football. But right now, in order to get this offense going, I think we are seeing Murray run a little bit more than perhaps we will if this offense is in sync come week 8, week 10, week 12 then he can dial it back and get the ball out to his playmakers. Maybe the run game is going a little bit better. But right now, he is the catalyst, if you will, for what we are seeing offensively. Yeah, and, and you know, Kyler was interesting when he spoke earlier in the week. Um, you you got to make sure you, you listen to him because he, he's not a rah-rah guy. He's going to tell you what he thinks and feels, and he's not going to really throw anybody under the bus. But he talked about, you know, those running backs in, in, in particular getting their touches. And we talk about, you know, is it every fourth possession you bring in Chase? Now, Chase is involved in different packages. I think he's more efficient in the receiving game. I think he's decent in, in blitz pickup. And Chase is really good if, if, if you need a safety valve or a safety net, you know, on the screen pass. So, um, but just based on Kyler, you know, it looks like, According to Kyler, Kingsbury's handing the keys to Kenyon Drake when it comes to running the football. Now, if they have 65 plays, he's not going to, you know. But clearly, his his snaps were similar. I thought I thought they would go down and, and Edmonds would go up, but just based on Kyler, and I'm just connecting dots here. It looks like they want to get him going, where you know, plus two, plus three, and then a nine yard run, and, and you got to get in a rhythm. Not saying he's going to get every single snap. But he's a big part of what this team wants to do up front. Yeah, and specifically with regards to Drake, Murray said he is a type of player that gets better as the game is going. And we saw how he looked in that fourth quarter. There were four straight running plays by Kenyon Drake. And as Murray said, the Cardinals ended the game on their terms. The offense on the field running out the clock. It was a six-plus-minute drive before Zane Gonzalez kicked the field goal to make it 30-15, to 15, and the Cardinals win by that same margin. So, yeah, but let's get into this run game because on paper it's fascinating. They are the number five rushing offense in the National Football League, 170 yards per game. That's unheard of. And they rank eighth in rushing yards per play at an even 5.0. Yet, it just doesn't seem like that when you watch the Cardinals here through the first two games. The numbers say one thing, your eyes say something else. Well, I mean, if you take away Murray's rushing, and we can't do that because this is who they are as an offense. So who would get those other K 
carries. What does he have? 21 carries so far? 23. 23. Excuse me, 21. You're right, 20, 21. Okay, 21. So whose else is getting that? And, but they're not getting, like, you see how many runs he has over 10 yards? In fact, I looked it up. Glad you asked. The Cardinals have 12 plays of 10 or more yards, and the quarterback has seven of those, three of which went for 20 or more yards. And that's the big discrepancy is because you would think 170 yards on the ground per game per week, then the run game is going well, but it's not by a running back. It's by a quarterback that is highlighting this rushing offense right now. And I think that's, that is what is separating people connecting the dots from what you see on paper to what you see on the football field. Yeah, good point. And I'm, I'm glad you had those numbers, but yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's not a fluke. It's not an anomaly to where, uh, you know, he was going against a defense, really didn't have a great front four. Um, no, those last two games, the first two games on paper, now the Cardinals were able to, you know, contain those guys. You know, you, Kyla didn't get a big hit, didn't get blindsided or anything. So, but you have to include them in the running game. You just can't say, well, take out Kyler's numbers and how's Drake and, and Edmonds doing? No, I mean, he's, he's a part of the equation here. So, and when you're averaging five yards of carry in the NFL, now I know his numbers are a lot higher, but I, I still want to see more from Drake on, on, on the, the, like the, um, short yardage in, in the grunt yards, you know, like everything doesn't have to be a nine yard run. Now he's going to take what the defense gives him. So I, I think it could be, I think they could be a little bit better in the run game though. Well, Murray right now leads the league with seven and a half yards per carry. Drake is doing well numbers-wise, at just over four yards every time he touches the football. And that's, you know, that, that that's very, very good. He was over five a year ago in those eight games. But if you're getting four yards every time you touch the football, first down, second down, third down, MJ, that's a first down. He just yeah. gained you 12 yards by just running the ball left, right, or up the middle. And you always talk about he might get hit, stopped once, twice, but he falls forward, and all of a sudden that two-yard gain becomes maybe a four-yard gain, and you're able to move the sticks and keep this drive going. Well, that's interesting because, again, he, he's shown flashes, but, uh, you know, I guess we're not going to judge him on how many 100-yard games he gets because Murray and Edmonds, and they're throwing a little bit, but uh, four is really good. But I'm just saying it, it, the eye test says he can be better. Yes, he hasn't okay. had that big explosive run, if yes. you will. In fact, his longest run is 16 yards. Now, he is getting touches. He's got 15 more carries than Kyler Murray, so it's not like they're ignoring yes. him. I would argue that maybe Chase Edmonds needs to be more involved, if you will. But going back to what you alluded to, if Kyler Murray is talking up Kenyon Drake as far as he needs his touches to kind of get better as the game goes on, maybe you need to feed him. And be okay with no yards, one, two, minus one for that 10 plus yard run, maybe in the third or fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree with you. It's just if you want to get Drake going, it looks like they're going to. This, is, this isn't breaking news that he was going to be the bell cow going into this season. When you hear the quarterback talk about, you know, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing and connecting the dots about giving the keys to the car, but I do agree with you. Chase is a little bit different runner. And I think, you know, fresh legs and all that. Maybe we could talk about Kenyon Drake, fresh legs last year. Obviously, 
you know, there's no lingering effects from training camp to walking boot. That was just being cautious, wanted to make sure he got to week one, just like Hopkins. So, but I, I, I don't. It's a tough. I mean, it's a it's a good dilemma, but I got to think every week that Chase Edmond has part. Of, he's in certain packages because you see him. They, they make wholesale changes sometimes if they change personnel. So you just wonder how much that is. Uh, based on and like you always say, you don't want to tip your hand. So even though Drake could be in the game, doesn't mean they're going to run the football. No. And again, we're talking about this. We'll use this same phrasing for a while, but it's a small sample size. Yes. But when you have this sample size, this is the only thing that we have to look at to examine and dissect. So yeah, it's a little bit misleading. And if we're having the same conversation in November and December, maybe it's the opposite. But this week, you would think everyone, Murray, Drake, Edmonds, maybe even an Eno Benjamin if he's active this week, maybe this is the week the running game looks like what we anticipate a running game would be with running backs. Because, MJ, let's face it, this Lions team, small sample size, they are awful against the run. Yeah, I was, I was looking that up a little bit earlier, and, and you, you got to keep going down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've given up 425 yards per game. They're ranked 28th in the National Football League. In total yards, but they are dead last against yeah. the run. Dead and they're last. also yep. dead last in rushing yards per play. They're giving up almost six and a half yards to the opponent's ball carrier. That's... One, that's unacceptable, and two, you would not expect that from a Matt Patricia-led team with a defensive background. So they're having all kinds of questions and comments coming out of Detroit as far as, one, what is going on, and then two, does a change need to be made? We're two games into 2020, and already a coach is on the hot seat, although you could argue that maybe he was already on the hot seat heading into this season. Yeah, but I, I think the the ownership, uh, the Fords, and, and, and now they have, you know, different people running the front or in the front office, basically from the family side. Um, I thought they made it very clear. Now it wasn't a mandate, but Jim Caldwell nine and seven, okay, and Jim Caldwell still looking for a head coaching job, and well, maybe he, maybe people just don't like his personality or he's not a guy that's rah rah guy. But look at his career where he's been with Peyton Manning. I mean, anyways, so they thought they were upgrading, you know, obviously getting a, a clone of Belichick. But you got to win games in this league, and they're on an 11-game losing streak. And, and the fact that they've had leads, and we'll get into their offense because I think it's going to be a little bit different this week. But, yeah, it's just uh, everything you hear out of there. I mean, I, I know he runs a hard training camp, and, you know, that's get the mental side of the players. But you just wonder, are guys, guys buying in? Now, you say week two, week three, really? I'm just saying guys that have been there. Um, Jeff Akuda, you know, he's like their third corner. They drafted him high. Uh, Jamie, you know, Jamie Collins. So I don't, uh, again, their secondary to me is is got some holes over there. And I, I anticipate the Cardinals will try to do that. But I don't know. I mean, who's on the staff that can become the head coach? Out of fairness to him, you allowed him to bring in these players with Bob Quinn. Now, if they if they totally flop, you know, do they 
considered as starting over and bringing in a new GM and a new head coach? And what does that mean for Matthew Stafford next year? I, I think ideally you'd like to keep Stafford because I think he'd, he'd be intriguing to a new head coach and a new GM and then draft a quarterback for the future like everyone else does. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, Craig. I, I, I don't know what the benefit unless unless they're getting blown out and the and they're really not. We talked about it on Cardinal Talk last week, previewing this week's contest. Four straight games dating back to last season, Lions a ten plus lead and have lost. That's never happened in the history of the National Football League. So this offense, which we'll get into, can certainly put up points on the scoreboard. It's the defense that's unable to maintain the lead, and it's why right now Patricia 9-24-1 as the Lions head coach. That is why there is so much talk, so much heat about what to do at the head coach because, as we always say, you can't get rid of all the players. You can't get rid of all the coaches. It's one man in charge. It's the head coach. Yeah, but I do think the family's got a lot of respect for him, and you got to do what's best for the organization, but – you know, when it came to Steve Wilkes, it's a production business. Now, obviously, Patricia's going to have more, long, uh, you know, uh, longer time. But, you know, when we talk to the players over the last couple of days and we'll talk to the head coach on Friday, you know, the Lions, and again, could have, would have, should have, they did, they should have won in week one. So maybe we're not talking about 11-game losing streak and blowing leads. Now, a rookie, you're counting on a rookie, but the ball is in his hands. They would have won that game. But but for the most part, though, it's like their offense. Let, let, let's well, the Cardinals. What the Cardinals players were talking about is, hey, this their season's on the line. You go to zero three in that division. Now the Vikings are struggling. We don't know how good the Bears are. The Packers seem like they're you know ten, eleven, twelve win team. So. If they want to, you know, jumpstart their season, it'd be perfect time to come here. So the Cardinals are not taking them lightly. And then, you know, we, we never really bring it up. But when you lose Matthew Stafford, it's kind of like putting in a John Skelton or Ryan Lindley. No disrespect. Yeah, he missed, yeah. he, he missed, missed eight games last season. And, and you lose your quarterback. I mean, not that your season's done. I mean, you still go out there and compete. But there's a significant drop-off. Kyler Murray goes down for one week or however long, and it's Chris Streveler or Brett Hundley. I'm sorry. I mean, your chances of winning drop by maybe 75% because you're starting quarterback for a reason. You know this offense inside and out, and then all of a sudden you're asking for someone who is not as good as you to kind of step in and, and, and take over, and it just it just doesn't happen often enough to where you say, all right, we're okay. Yeah, all right. Well, let's talk about their offense because uh... – Vance Joseph was very accommodating. And my question was, and it's it's an obvious question, and I stated that. I said, because I know Kenny Galloway, I want to say he's got three touchdowns against the Cardinals. I know they played him a ton of times. But anyways, I, I said, by him coming back, you know, how good this, can this offense be? And I was saying, I, I know he's the number one wide receiver. And then he started talking about their weapons. And, you know, you don't think about it. Marvin Jones is a guy that can stretch the field. Danny Amendola, who's really close to Cliff Kingsbury, I mean, he's a slot receiver. He's also a punt returner. And then you throw in TJ Hawkinson where, you know, he had, a, he had a really good game last year. So they do have weapons, and we haven't even talked about a future Hall of Famer in Adrian Peterson. And he runs yeah, hard. But, 
And that's the that's the big surprise. Even on the official, unofficial depth chart, if you will, he's listed as the backup, and Carryon Johnson is your starter. But when you look at the numbers, Adrian Peterson is your leading runner for the Detroit Lions, and they are very, very high on him. He's at 6.4 yards per carry running the football, and you know he was supposed to be the the, the running back in Washington, they released him. They went a little bit different direction, a little bit younger, and he latched on with Detroit. And, I mean, at least for two games, he's showing no signs of slowing. No. This guy, I mean, he runs hard. He, he lines up seven or eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. But once he gets on his horse, I mean, he runs physical. He's chopping his legs, and you cannot arm tackle him. You have to gang tackle him. And don't forget, they also drafted DeAndre Swift. Who's the one that dropped the ball? And the carry on Johnson, you know, I do think they're going to try to run the ball a little bit and then try to use Marvin Jones and Ken, uh, Kenny Galladay down the field. Now, does Patrick Peterson draw that assignment today? Play a more shell zone. Um, but this is, this is going to be the best quarterback they faced so far and the best wide receivers. Nothing against Terry McLaren. Um, we know the Niners didn't have their top two receivers. So this will be the best quarterback they faced and the best skill position players from the running back position we can date, uh, debate, but I think the, their one-two punch, and if they use Swift on third down, I, I think this is the best collection. Niners obviously had some injuries when the Cardinals played them. Defensive coordinator Vance Joseph talking about the Lions, quote, it's going to be a challenge. It's an offense that can score quickly. He later added, we are on high alert. And that might be surprising to Cardinal fans to hear that because I think we get misled by an 0-2 record and 11-game losing streak dating back to last season. And I know Matthew Stafford is very polarizing. You either love him or you hate him. Is he a winner? Is he not? No, he has not won in the postseason. But he does put up numbers in the regular season. We're talking about a regular season game here. Maybe a different story if we're playing the Lions in January, now the conversation changes. But if you're just looking at this game on Sunday for 60 minutes, if Matthew Stafford gets on a roll, and he can, as you alluded to, he's got the weapons to do it, and then all of a sudden this 5-0 and start that everyone is talking about out loud, you're looking now all of a sudden at a disappointing 2-1 and start and a loss, which well. is not going to sit well. You know how it is. It, usually the first and second week people overreact, but the players, they don't live in vacuums. They, uh, I don't read the newspapers. I don't listen to the radio. And then, you know, their families watch the sports uh, TV shows for four, three, three or four minutes. They're, they hear the noise, and they would love to come down here and give the Cardinals their first loss in Kyler Murray. Well, now, it certainly would change the narrative. Yeah. Now, not, not a lot of hype today or this week about number one pick versus number one pick. Matthew Stafford. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, like, what number one pick? Jakuta was number three overall. Yeah, no, was, well, when, no, when just, you were drafted when you were drafted 30 years ago, it's it, it kind of loses its... Okay, if you so will. When, when they go to New England, Cam's been in the league nine years. I know we can only play, you know, the Baker Mayfields and Lamar wasn't a first-round pick, but these are two first-round picks. Hey, you can use that in your uh, pregame show. All right. You want credit <laughs> for that, MJ? No. No. Okay. No, I'm just saying. Every week it's number one quarter. Like the big game coming up this week is Mahomes and, and Jackson MVPs, and and they weren't even drafted in the first rounds. 
Norma Holmes was, pick. excuse me. Yeah, but they weren't top five. Yeah, they weren't sorry, top they both picks. were drafted in the first round, but not one overall. That's okay. Clarification. Bird gang, make sure you subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. As we continue to look at this Lions team ahead of Sunday's matchup at State Farm Stadium, and I know, uh, you know, we look at, you know, three to five players that are going to be key for the Cardinals to pay attention to. And in our conversation about the offense, although we did bring him up yesterday, but we forgot to bring up the tight end in TJ Hawkinson, who is actually the team's leading receiver at the moment with nine catches for 118 yards and a touchdown. And we know he burned the Cardinals last year in week one, which we recapped in yesterday's edition of Cardinals Cover 2. So he is certainly going to be on the radar this week. Yeah, and and when I was referring to their their skill position players, there's no doubt. But you know what? Now, he's got to do it. I got two words for you. Devondre Campbell. We gotta come up with the nickname, some uh, like the tight end stopper or something. That doesn't sound that doesn't sound pretty or anything creative. But we gotta well, come up with something for him. Well, I know they they, they uh, coined the phrase that Isaiah Simmons was going to be a, a racer, um, DC eraser. Okay. His nickname's DC. DC Comics. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Tag him with a superhero. Hey, that's more up your lane or up <laughs> your uh, brain than mine. No, I don't know. It's hey, just stop the guy. Just but very. I mean, Hawkinson's well built. I mean, he's he's a, he's kind of like a mini Gronk out there. So once again, we talk about gang tackling. You know, with, with Stafford's accuracy, I always think it's an easy throw unless it's batted down, but. He's going to get some targets, and you said he leads the team, and Galladay will start taking some of those touches and targets away, but really good player, and there's a reason why they used what, the 10th overall pick for him. So Hawkinson and Devondre Campbell, and perhaps maybe Kenny Galladay and Patrick Peterson, though it was interesting to hear Vance Joseph say he wasn't sure if Patrick would shadow Galladay because, yes, he's expected back. He's been limited in practice because of that hamstring injury that kept him off the field each of the first two weeks. So you have to ask, is he in game shape? How many snaps is he going to play? Is he completely healthy and he plays the whole game? But this certainly will be the biggest test as far as wide receivers and wide receiver depth that this Cardinals defense has faced this season. Yeah, and you've mentioned it a few times, and we get the luxury and the for, we're fortunate enough to talk to uh, D.C. Vance Joseph, and I can listen to this guy talk all the time, and I didn't even think about it because usually for us, when a guy's coming off an injury like Marcus Golden or Jermaine Gresham, we're like, you know, can they play 30 snaps? Now, hamstrings can linger, so has he been riding the stationary bike? I'm sure he's been getting a lot of treatment and uh, a lot of heat on that hammy. They're going to fly out here. Does it swell up? But Vance brought up a great point. I just assume he's going to play like, hey, I'm just I'm back. But it's a good point. I mean, they, they got to monitor him because the last thing they want this to happen is him have a setback and miss the next three weeks. 
and it's similar to what we heard from Coach Joseph when it came to Dre Kirkpatrick. You know, how many yeah. snaps will we see him at the start of the season? He didn't get all of training camp, so and does he know the entire defense? Now, different story with Galladay. He's certainly familiar with what the Lions do offensively, but you never know, to your point, about a hamstring. Do you stretch it? Do you gun it? And then all of a sudden you feel it, and you're like, all right, do I play through this or do I call it a day? And hopefully I'm able to go the following week. So that's something to pay attention to. But this Lions offense, again, on paper, they do have the weapons. And you look at the defense, and there's the question as far as if we think the Cardinals defense is going to be challenged by this Lions offense, then Cardinals offense, I don't see much of a challenge from the Cardinals defense, at least what we've seen so far this season. Yeah, um so when you, we, we, we brought up seven players and usually we try to go three or five on their offense just because this is the best quarterback and best skill position players. But you start looking at that defense though, Craig. Trey Flowers, Jamie Collins, Jarrett Davis, who's kind of been, they didn't pick up his fifth year option. Trufant's missing practice. Jeff Okuda's their third corner. Um, I think the Cardinals can attack that secondary. Now, I think Kyler and the Murray up offense, I think they're going to try to get these guys on their heels um, by going with the uh, hurry up. And when we get to the third and fourth quarter, I, I, you know, they got a lot of young guys as the rotation guys. Deshaun Hand, he's been a decent player in the league. But um, you look at that secondary and you, you got to start looking for names. Now, Reggie Raglan, he he signed over from the, uh, the Chiefs and – you could just tell reading between his comments this week, he's like, this isn't, we didn't play football like this in Kansas City. Now, obviously, you know, they relied on their scoring points. They're not getting that from, from Detroit right now. So, but Raglan's a good player. Um, he wears number 59. So I'm curious to see how they rotate him and Jamie Collins in there. But if we talked about the Cardinals defense and we were doing a show in, in, Detroit, I think we would mention five or six guys. You know, Buda Baker's a household name. Um, I don't know how many people know about Campbell and Hicks, but, you know, you throw in Patrick and Chandler and, you know, maybe even a guy like Jordan Phillips. Some people are aware of him. So I can only really say there's there's maybe three guys that you have to be concerned with, and really it's Trey Flowers. I mean, this guy can rush the passer. Um, obviously, they had intel when he signed from the Patriots, and, and they gave him a ton of money. Um, he looks the part. Danny Shelton was there. He played in uh, New England also. He was with the Cleveland Browns, a high draft pick. He's kind of like a, a, a Corey Peters, a space eater. He's got a really big butt where he can try to get to occupy um, linemen. So, and again, it, it's the NFL. And so I think they have to scheme up, you know, to try to bring some pressure, incorporate some pressure. But then, you know, the key here is if they try to, you know, put pressure on Murray and, and they put seven, eight guys in the box, he can throw it. If they want to put six, well, Murray's going to suck those linebackers down where he's going to have some open lanes. Well, this team, talking about the Lions, they only have two sacks on the season and no interceptions. And the one big addition to this defense, at least from a draft pick standout, we mentioned Jeff Okuda, the third overall pick. He missed week one with a hamstring injury. 
And even though he played every single snap last week against Green Bay, he did not look good. I was reading one report out of Detroit, and according to their film breakdown, he allowed six catches on nine passes for 96 yards. And now all of a sudden the narrative in Detroit is, to your quote, pump the brakes on Jeff Okuda, which is what we were saying now about Isaiah Simmons. So it's been a rough start, not just for Simmons. He gets the bulk of it because we're here in Arizona. But there's rookies all across the league and some high draft picks as well, not counting the quarterback class, that are really struggling here out of the gate. Well, in fairness to him, he went against Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Well, now this week, now Kyler Murray's not at an Aaron Rodgers status, yeah. but DeAndre Hopkins, Larry yeah. Fitzgerald, we'll have to wait and see if Christian Kirk is available. Yep. Uh, you know, Isabella. Kenyon Drake is, you know, Kenyon Drake out of the backfield, Chase Edmonds out of the back. I mean, hey, don't forget our guy, Dan Arnold. That's right. He finally showed up last week. Well, <laughs> there was, there was a couple throws that Kyler could have made to him, but, you know, obviously, yeah. I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. I know. Yeah. Hey, he's the number one tight end right now. Well, that's true. Officially on the depth chart as well with Max Williams on IR for at least uh, the next couple of games. Overall, this Lions defense, you know, we, we hammered them about how they can't stop the run. They're actually pretty deep against the pass, despite what Aaron Rodgers was able to do last week. Their overall numbers, they are a top 10 defense defending the pass. The number of points that are, that they are allowing, which is really concerning. 34 and a half, which is the third worst in the NFL. Only the Falcons and Vikings are worse. And to see the Falcons and Vikings, I got to be honest, up there, that is a surprise early this season. We all anticipated much better things for Atlanta and Minnesota. I don't know if we could say the same thing about Detroit going into this season. No, but remember we were talking about this in the offseason. We get in a lot of lists, worst to first. And there were a lot of people, and I agreed that, just because of Matthew Stafford, I thought it would be difficult for Kyla Murray. Um, you know, here we are a couple of games in, and, and obviously you've got a long ways to go. But, you know, you're always looking for that surprise team, and you're also looking for a sleeper, and, you know, teams are underrated. But they were, they were projected to be worse to first just because of the quarterback. And I think if I recall correctly, NFL.com's Adam Shine had the Lions as his number one team, even though he thought the Cardinals – we're a better team, but to your point, within the division, yeah. how likely would it be for the Cardinals to go worst to first in perhaps the toughest division in football, whereas the Lions with the Packers, the Bears, and not quite sure where they fit in, and yeah. could they surprise? Is Aaron Rodgers over the hill? As we've seen, he's certainly not, at least through two games. So, yeah, to your point, there there was some expectation for the Lions this season, and now after an 0-2 start, People are jumping off that bandwagon. Yeah, that's surprising that you brought up their their top ten in the secondary because, you know, I only watched highlights. I can't say I've watched their games. Um, and I just look at players, and not, a lot of these guys I've been heard of doesn't mean they're not good players, but that surprises me. But once again, we can get into time of possession, which, which you do with the ball. We can get in, obviously, third down, get them off the field, um, uh, red zone, forcing teams to kick field goals, points allowed are huge, huge. I mean, you look at the teams that are winning in the NFL after their first month, look at points allowed. 
you, you'll see unbeaten teams. Maybe team, one, one team will have one loss, maybe a last second thing or something. But points allowed to me is the most important thing on defense. You, you not allow they can go from 20 to 20. They get into that red zone or that green zone, which is the money zone, holding the field goals. That is a huge stat. Well, maybe as we kind of go full circle here, would we start talking about what the Cardinals rushing offense, the stats versus what we see, Lions pass defense, the stats versus what we see, and in what we read, certainly different, night and day. They're complete opposites of one another. Now we'll actually see all of it come Sunday at State Farm Stadium. By the way, that is a 125 kickoff, 8.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And Bird Gang, if you haven't already, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. All right, Craig. Even though there's going to be 750 family members, uh, friends and coaches, players, wives, and girlfriends, and it's going to be a good time. Over the, the, the first home game, that came last week, um, you were able to send like a six to eight second video and they would play it on the Jumbotron. This time they want you to build a sign. You can make your own sign and they're going to put them on the Jumbotron. So go to aztocardinals.com. Uh, they have an example out there for you. Um, so if, if you can't be there, we, you're there in spirit. We definitely miss you. Okay. That's clear. Not having, you know, the bird gang and the Red Sea, it, it, it's definitely noticeable. Um, but our focus is what's going on in the field at this time. Hopefully things get better. But you, you got an, an opportunity to be involved in the, in the crowd there, um, even though it's virtual. So I recommend if you're a huge Cardinal fan and you want to be there, um, you could be there in spirit with us. And fingers crossed that late October, maybe November, those home games, we will actually have Bergang in attendance. This week, as you alluded to, it's strictly family and friends, no more than 750 as a trial run, if you will, for this contest, the second home game. All right, MJ, your homework assignment, you got to be busy. you got to be watching Thursday Night Football and also giving us your three keys to victory. So far, you're 2-0, and so, you know, forget about the- Allen on the field. Maybe it's maybe it's Mike Jarecki's keys that has uh, made this two and zero start. What we're all seeing. Well, I mean, I do put some thought into it. I start during the week and I try to come up with the best one. And then you know, initially I thought Arnold would be an X factor just because I know how much they like him and how, what kind of off season he had. But obviously Hopkins got sixteen targets. And then last week I thought Kyler just. His mobility, and once he gets past that pass rush, he's a, he's a different animal in that open field. So, um, yeah, but I I got to I got to think I'm going to start looking at that uh, that offense. And we talk about chunk plays and got to avoid the big plays. And so that, that's going to come up there. I definitely like to get the Cardinals in there because I think I like what Kyle Murray said. You know, last couple of weeks in his press conference, he said we're always asking about this other team because I really focus on us. That they was the first us. time. Yeah, that's the first time I've heard that this season, and that's what separates teams that are trying to find themselves versus teams that are good, borderline great, where it becomes about what we do, not about what they do. They have to stop us if we just do what we're supposed to do, and we know we're capable of doing. Then it doesn't matter what they on the other side do. So yeah, it's a good point that you make. 
Yeah, and this young man's growing up right in front of our eyes. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of Arizona Cardinals. Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.